DJ PK and Frank Dolce, our Utah insider, joins us now. The former Ute quarterback here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset. Get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Well, Frank, these are the best of times. These are the good old days, aren't they? Wait, isn't that the best of time? I thought you were going to go with the worst of times. The best no. of times and the worst of times. These are not I think for the conference right. it might be the worst of times. But for Oregon and Utah, well, certainly for Utah, maybe not so much for Oregon yet because they've been in the title game. But for the Utes, it's clearly the best of times since they've been in the conference. Let me ask you a question about the conference because I was thinking about this over the weekend. I, I used to say that, the, that there was parity in the Pac-12. I'm, I don't know if I feel that way anymore. Do you think it's, there's parity in the Pac-12, or do you think there's yeah. a couple good teams and then everyone else is not uh, very good? I think it's parity if you define parity as mediocrity. Except for Oregon and Utah. Yeah, I mean, it's you just look at the standings. Everyone is either 4-4, four 4-5, yeah. and 5-3 four, four and five, five and three if you didn't have the, if you already had the bye. Uh, but other than that, no, there's a bunch of averages. Utah's best win is over a 5-4 and four team. I mean, I don't know how else to say that. We can pretend it doesn't exist, but that's the reality of it. But it doesn't take away from anything that Oregon, and particularly the Utes, since that's what we focus on, have done. And obviously they're way better than they have been since they joined the conference in 2011. And it's setting up for a massive game next month when they play the Ducks. And we're all looking forward to that. That's going to be their one big test. It's sort of like Boise State all those years in the WAC and now Mountain West. You don't have a lot of big tests, but you're going to get one or two. And your legitimacy in terms of nationally will be determined on what you do in those one or two games. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably right. And uh, I thought that uh, I thought that maybe Washington would be, you know, a little more difficult. And and they, I mean, they did come out kind of throwing a punch. Washington did, and but the way that Utah managed it, and then just kind of was super steady, figured it out, didn't panic, stayed with the game plan, and then just started kind of rolling through on both both sides so um and, and that's interesting to me too that the that a washington team now takes his fourth loss on the season and who knows they they could take another loss before this this thing's all all over so but you i thought utah played played really well and it's one of those games when utah hasn't figured out how to win that game in the past necessarily and and then they did and <laughs> and and that's and that's with you know, a quarterback in Huntley. I don't know if you guys thought so, but it looked to me like he was still only about, I don't know, maybe 75 or 80%, still a little hobbled. But the way that he managed that team, I just, and, and no interceptions again, I, I couldn't be more impressed with the way that he's playing. I thought that he was hobbled. I thought it was pretty clear at times, but then when he had to run for the corner of the end zone for the touchdown, he had no problem getting out there. I thought that was kind of weird. I thought so too when he when he got around the edge. Now he was he didn't he didn't look like he had the same kind of explosiveness, but just enough mm-hmm. to get to to get to the corner and and that you know that that was one of those plays, kind of one of those defining plays in the game that maybe in the past that ball gets knocked out of bounds or it's fumbled away or something, but but just 
went the the right way for the youth. On the other side, I I don't know what to think of Jacob Eason. I mean, I like that like he he seems to have all the tools. He's athletic. He's big, big arm. Can throw the ball in tight windows. But I thought at times this year he's looked a little unsteady, and I thought Utah certainly made him look that way on Saturday. Well, there's a few things going on that I want to respond to. You talk about maybe in the past they don't win this game. On the field Saturday, the guy has been in the program for many, many years, came up to me on the field before the players went over and did their thing in front of the crowd, and he said, this is the first time in 10 years we've won a game like this. So that's exactly what you're saying. (laughs) Yes, it's the truth. I mean, big game in November, got to have the game. And, and historically, they haven't gotten it done on, since they've been in the, the conference. Road, on the road, too. Yeah, so they got it done. He was right. I mean, it, it's just the truth. And whether uh, Huntley is full uh, 100% or not, it doesn't matter because Andy Ludwig, from the day he came in, his first day in the office after he put up his family pictures, he, has, he decided – Huntley will be a throwing quarterback this year. He will play a traditional quarterback, and he won't be running it that much, not not even close to where he used to in prior years, and that's exactly what we've seen. So it doesn't matter that he's not 100% because he doesn't need to be. The arm is fine. The brain is incredible, and then when he needs to escape, slide left, slide right, whatever, he can do that. So he doesn't need to be the athletic quarterback that he was his sophomore and junior year because the offense is requiring him to do a different type of skill set, basically, along with the mental aspect of the game. Ludwig, in my mind, has been absolutely sensational this year and transferred that, and he said that, he said that to me in spring ball, that Tyler, they'll put him in positions where he won't have to make a decision. The decision will be to give the ball to Moss or to throw it to whomever is open downfield. That's exactly what happened. And your third thing on Eason, you know, being in the press box watching the game, you can't really see as much on television in terms of putting the ball in tight windows because it's harder to see is where the defense is as far as being able to close. Mm-hmm. And Eason put the ball, particularly early in the game, I thought to myself, okay, this is what they're talking about. This kid looks sensational. And I actually think his arm put them in position to take the lead, but it also put them in a position to give the game away because he believes in that arm so much that he throws that out thinking he can get there, and he tests Jalen Johnson, and Jalen steps in and makes the pick six, turn the entire flow of the game. So his arm giveth and his arm taketh away. That's my impression and evaluation of Eason. And I will say, Frank, I hope you're sitting down for this. I will say Jalen Johnson is the best defensive player Utah has had since they've been in the Pac-12 and maybe in my 26 years that I've been living in the state of Utah. Jalen Johnson, better than Weddle, better than Lotulele, better than whoever you have. That's who Jalen Johnson is. He's going to have a 15-year NFL career that will culminate in Canton, Ohio. Oh my! I don't know that that is that's pretty lofty. I, I know mean, you just threw two guys out there that are you know yep. legends. Yes, in, I did in Utah football lore, and uh, and I, I well he certainly is talented, and 
and uh, the way that he the, the the play that he made on that pick, absolutely. I think your evaluation of Ethan might be correct. Like maybe he just relies on that talent so much that he gets himself into into trouble a little bit. He had some brilliant so, passes, and then he had some others that like, what the freak are you doing? Yeah. I'm throwing it straight to Jalen yeah. Johnson. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, why are you asking? Don't, Isn't don't that obvious? It, don't yeah. throw it to that guy. Don't so, throw it to that guy. You know, it's interesting you say that. So you're saying that Utah hasn't won a game like that since 2008. Uh, not on the road. I mean, Oregon, they came from behind the fourth yeah. quarter. They had a big lead, and they, they lost it, and then they took it back. So they did it at yeah. home last year in November. But to do it on the road is a different deal, and especially because they had a chance to win a game like that up there and they didn't get it done a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, at this point, I, I, came into this, I came into that game very cautious uh, because of the record against Coach Peterson and because of what Coach Peterson has done you know, with two weeks to prepare and because I thought that defensively even a young defense for Washington was improving over the course of the year and it was going to be and maybe is the best offensive line that Utah has faced this year. And with in all of those phases, Utah won. And and that was that was fairly impressive. So as I look at the rest of the as I look at the rest of the year for you, it's not uh, it's certainly not a cakewalk. But this is these last three games, and the and the and the bye week comes at a, at a nice time. But these last three games, Utah should I mean it should be kind of a dominating effort for the next three weeks for Utah. I the only way Utah stumbles if it, is if Utah stumbles. I just don't think there's anybody on the rest of the schedule that can manage what Utah's doing right now. You know, there was one thing in the Washington game I wanted to ask you about. And, you know, early they were down 14-3. And you knew the first quarter stats for Washington were really good. And they're outscoring teams like 41-10. to And Peterson scripts the plays. So that didn't seem like that big a deal. I mean, it's not good to be down early, 7 nothing and 14-3. But the game was being played, Washington's defense was playing in Utah's backfield, and they were trying different things with different mm-hmm. players on the O-line. That was one issue. And the second issue is the U defense was getting out no push. Now, I wasn't so worried about the defense because they have a trend. they got a lot of guys they can rotate in, and they tend to wear teams down and, and be more dominant later on. So I knew that might turn around. But i got to say, I, I wasn't sure the O-line was going to turn around, and it did. Do you think it was personnel? Was it something else? Because clearly Tyler Huntley got a lot more time to throw the ball, and Zach Moss got better lanes to run in. I, I think it was a little bit of the, of the thing that Utah faced coming out of their non-conference schedule, is that the, the level of competition changed when they played USC. And in that USC game, Utah didn't know how to respond to it. Uh, in this this time this coming around, Utah's come off comes off of two, you know, one really physical game, but a game that they they kind of dominated against Arizona State, and then a game that clearly dominated against Cal, and then the level of competition changed when when they lined up against Washington, and so it it took. To me, it looked like it just took a minute to figure that out. And with the experience at USC and with the experience of the, you know, the, the rest of the season behind them, I think they did. 
what you know when when the offensive line changes, you know they added in Bam, and then he got injured and had to go out. That's always I think that's always difficult. And you have you have a guy in I think it was Moala who never who didn't play or didn't practice all week, and then he's forced back into action. But uh, but like I said, I think it was just a matter of. The competition changed, the stakes changed, and it took Utah a you know a quarter and a half to kind of figure that out. And once they did, then you didn't see you saw Tyler Huntley with plenty of time to throw. I was worried about that as well because Huntley was getting harassed in the backfield. Um, but once they figured it out, then it was full steam ahead. I also think that another story, and we've touched on Ludwig and Huntley and their brilliance, and there's no been no doubt about it. And Zach Moss has been. So consistent for four years, essentially. I mean, he really hats off to this kid and the way he goes about his life. And you know what you're getting from him every day of his life. He's so consistent in every aspect. I, I think that another big story is a lack of drops by the receivers. The receivers, you may not have this overwhelming dominant type of kid like a Chenault, a Colorado, or whomever. But as a group, they've improved their play. Absolutely. Receiver, receiving group, we're not talking about the things we talked about in the past with right. that receiving group. One is drops. Right. That used to be, that seemed to be a, a, a continuous issue for Utah, drop footballs. The other thing is that receivers getting separation. That was, that was one of those things that we just never, we, we never, we never saw. Utah receivers getting separation. It was always seemed like they were in these coverage situations where they just couldn't get away. And now we see guys with a step or two on their defensive backs. I, you know, the, the, the one thing about that, you know, we say that they don't have a Chenault, and we say that, that maybe they don't even have like a, an Aaron Fuller type of guy or, or, or an IU type of guy, but I think they do. I, I think that Brian Thompson is that guy. But the nature of the offense doesn't necessarily – give him an opportunity to catch 10 or 12 footballs in a game. And, there, and the talent across the board is so steady that, that it's advantage for Utah to spread the ball around a little bit. And so maybe in a different scenario, uh, I, you might see a guy like Thompson kind of rise to that level. But two things. I think the talent around him is all really good. And the nature of the offense doesn't it just doesn't put emphasis on one guy so um and i think that's you know that's a good thing for utah the talent the the talent level at the wide receiver group we don't talk about it much but the way they played this year i think it's a it's a really solid group i used to say that that the offensive line was the biggest question mark coming into the season and the second biggest question mark was the was the wide receiver group and i think both of those groups have certainly answered those questions. You know, I think the one other thing they do is they go get the ball. The Samson-Nakua catch late in the game, you know, it's not – you can't just run the route and have the ball just drop right into your arms every time. There were a lot of balls around the money, but sometimes you just got to go get it, and he did. And even when you make a mistake, I think Thompson was running through zone coverage, and he thought it was man, and he was going to keep running across the field. And Huntley read it right, mm-hmm. and it was zone. And so it looked like a bad throw, and it was behind Thompson. He had to go back and get it. But I really thought it was Thompson misreading the coverage for a split second. But he still went back and got it. And I don't think they used to make those plays either. 
Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. He, he didn't settle in that. He didn't settle in that right. space. He kind of ran into the he ran into the next guy, and but but Huntley did the right thing. Yep. I mean, so so that's that's another thing is Huntley didn't allow the receiver mistake to become another mistake on the quarterback by trying to throw the ball where the receiver was headed. So Huntley just threw the ball where it should have gone, and then he and then Thompson made the adjustment. Right. And it made it made it look like a spectacular play, <laughs> when I think you're probably right. It was just a, a little mis- mistake by the by the receiver, and he had then he had to make a spectacular play. But that's exactly right. These are these are receivers that go and get the ball, uh, and go after the ball and find the ball, and and that's those those things go back to you know obviously it's good coaching, and you have to go back to good coaching, but. But the confidence now Utah has in a passing game that was non-existent prior to the season, or inconsistent at best prior to the season, now there's a there's a confidence throughout the throughout the scheme, throughout the throughout the receiving group, quarterback, offensive line that the passing game is going to work and going to be there, and you just have to do your job. And 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 uh, and like you said, Utah goes and and gets the ball, find themselves finds themselves open, and then goes and gets the ball. Frank, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and uh, enjoy a stress-free bye week. You can just watch USC Arizona State or the Battle of the Unbeatens, and no problem. You got you got two weeks now. Yeah, yeah. The bye week comes at a good time for me too, because I need to, you know, I need to get refocused and <laughs> okay. and uh, and back on track. It'll be nice for me to recover. I don't think after a, I don't think a bye week will be enough. A challenging eight weeks of the season so far. Thanks, Frank. Or nine. Yeah, you don't count, you don't count <laughs> the loss. Thank you, guys. Loss. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having right. me on.